You are listening to RudolfSteinerAudio.com. If you are listening to the podcast of this, it is located at RudolfSteiner.Podbean.com. Please consider becoming a patron. As well, there are two publishing houses, SteinerBooks.org in America and RudolfSteinerPress.com in England, who are the sole publishers of Steiner to English and have given me permission to do these recordings. Please consider patronizing them as well. This is a reading of Collected Works, Volume 266, Volume 2 of Steiner's Esoteric Lessons. These are from 1910 to 1912, and this is Part 2 of the reading. Uh, It begins on page 43 of the book, translated by James Hines. Esoteric Lesson from Christiania Oslo, June 20th, 1910. Record A is a manuscript from Matilda Scholl and Barbara Wolfe. Record B notes from the collection of Elizabeth Freda. Record A. Prayer to the Spirit of Monday, beginning, quote, Great All-Encompassing Spirit, in your forms of life shown forth sensation, close quote. To support us in our meditations, there are helping thoughts that are given in all esoteric schools whose existence is justified. When you place these thoughts before you in the form of pictures and let them work on you, when you immerse yourself in them, then they are of unlimited value. It is not the same with these thoughts as it is with our ordinary everyday thoughts. Rather, when we occupy ourselves with these, they have germinating, awakening powers for us. One such thought is the following. Just as we know our consciousness as both a waking and sleeping consciousness, so too we are imagining the consciousness of the surrounding spirits of the earth that work on us when we say the spirits of the earth sleep in the mineral kingdom. The plants are the waking thoughts and life of the spirits of the earth, and the animals are their dreams. If we immerse ourselves in these thoughts and think about, for example, what our thoughts actually are, Parenthesis, misty forms flitting about like whispers. Close parenthesis. And if we compare these, our thoughts, with those of the spirits of the earth, then we can feel the incredible distance between them. The thoughts of the spirits of the earth sprout forth from the earth as a carpet of green in endless variety. Their thoughts are thus creative forces in the physical world. These spirits once went through a human stage like ours in the past evolution of the earth. Back then they thought the same way we think now. They developed themselves higher and higher and became creating beings. We can see in them what we should strive for. We must always bear in mind that we are becoming different from other people. Our interests are changed, and one can often hear esotericists complain that they feel their interest in many things disappearing, things that they were interested in before, and that an inner desolation and emptiness overcomes them. However, this is an entirely normal state that quickly passes, and the emptiness of their souls will soon be filled with interests that will replace the others a hundred, yes, a thousandfold. Nevertheless, 
we should not give up our connection to other people, nor our interests that previously filled us. Above all, we should not expect of other people that they change their circle of interests. The difference between exoteric and esoteric individuals is this, that the exoteric people have their physical bodies firmly permeated by the other bodies. Everything pushes forward toward the outer surface, so to speak. Ordinary people who are born into an ethnic group, into a family, thereby inherit certain concepts about good and evil, about honesty and other virtues, that the creating gods, in the course of evolution, placed in them. Esotericists will gradually live out of their own knowledge according to these virtues. But concerning these things, they are not allowed to place themselves beyond the concepts that live in the people, for they could slip into serious danger with respect to their development. In esotericists, the inner person is gradually separated from the external person. Their higher parts abandon their lower. And if they do not attend to the usual laws of humanity, concerning truthfulness, for example, they can slip into deceitfulness, which is naturally a hindrance for them in their development and can cause a great deal of damage. The strife and conflict among esotericists can be traced back to this. We leave behind not only part of our etheric body and our sentient soul, parenthesis, we begin our esoteric work in the sentient soul, close parenthesis, but also the physical body, and we experience all kinds of states in it, illness too. We are now afflicted by states we have never know, known before. However, we need not consider them illness and run immediately to a doctor. For, of course, an exoteric doctor naturally cannot give us anything for these conditions, and they will go away by themselves anyway. On the other hand, we should not think that every sickness that befalls us is caused by esoteric development, and that there is no doctor who can treat us. That is spiritual arrogance. One can continue for a long time to seek advice from a doctor for one's illnesses. Esotericists should always pay attention to their health in the right way. One should not allow oneself to be prevented from developing spiritually because of laziness or cowardice or because of the difficulties that one encounters or through a loosening of the etheric body. This loosening is something that must occur if one wishes to penetrate into spiritual worlds. And if we struggle for this with earnest striving, then the master of wisdom and harmony of feelings will come to meet us with his strength and his help will never fail. If not in this life, then with absolute certainty we will achieve the goal of spiritual sight in the next lifetime. The end of Record A. Record B, bracket the basis for this formulation is that in the copy of these notes there is a text preceding which contains word for word the discussion of June 18, 1910, record B, close bracket. There are other aids 
that can lead one relatively quickly to a deeper insight into spiritual connections. They are the following three sentences. In the mineral kingdom the gods sleep. In the plant kingdom they dream. In the animal kingdom they awaken and think. Taking first the animal kingdom, we must imagine that the spiritual beings in earlier times stood on our level and had confused thoughts at that time as we do now. Meanwhile, they have advanced so far that their thoughts have become so regular and definite that they are able to spread out before us what we see as the world of animals. When we immerse ourselves in such thoughts, then the course taken by our developing thoughts will be strengthened and we will thereby come into a closer connection to the beings that have placed their thoughts into the earth, to those beings also that placed into the earth the force which in its wholeness is the power of Christ. As esotericists, we experience great inner transformations which in general are directed toward making the self an I, capital, free from the body, until we finally perceive our I as a higher or second I within us. In comparison to exotericists, we develop as esotericists entirely different feelings and sensations in the astral body. Moral and ethical impulses now come from within although earlier they came from specific established norms prescribed by religion or human laws according to which we lived. Through this new way of experiencing, the connection between the I and the ordinary astral body is loosened and the feelings thereby become more independent, emerging more from within. This can have the consequence that people appear at first less moral than the ordinary average person while they are actually busy working their way out of conventional feelings and sensations. The etheric body is also gradually loosened. Habits, prejudices, relationships are transformed, are set against what is forced upon us from outside by the spirit of our time and generally accepted ideas. What was accepted earlier as true now appears deceitful to us, out of proportion, and one easily comes into conflict with the outer world. In this transition time it often happens that we ourselves become less truthful, that we can only see conditions as all wrong, and so forth. Major changes also take place in the physical body. This could be called the loosening of the body, through which a feeling of illness can appear in all possible parts of the body, we then believe that our body is becoming sickly or more frail, and during this transition time it may also really appear so. But we will soon notice that we cannot cure these illnesses with medications as was previously possible. The dangers of a loosening of the bodies lie in the disdain we can acquire for human beings and the conditions of the world which would only lead us deeper into delusions. What we should do is apply a kind of averaging measure of ongoing inner reverence and awe as we behold 
what human beings have accomplished precisely through the help of spiritual beings working from outside. As we understand the majesty of those spiritual effects on human beings who are not yet inwardly awake. Thus we can recognize the higher path of self-consciousness. And when we place ourselves between extremes, we can be a help to human beings who are still less conscious. End of record B and the end of that lesson. Esoteric Lesson, Munich, August 24, 1910. Record from the collection of Elizabeth Freda. This lesson is merely preparatory for the lesson that will follow next Friday. Lesson begins with invocation of the Spirit of the Day, Wednesday, verse with extensive supplementary remarks. Those who begin an esoteric training must be clear about what they are doing. We are connected through karma to everything that we are and do as human beings. We are placed into the entirety of earth existence by divine beings who lead us. Everything that we think, feel and will in terms of the greatest, loftiest beauty, the highest morality, is always connected to evolution in general. However, with this one decision to want to enter upon an esoteric training, we take a step out of this evolution in general, which is guided by higher beings. We thereby start something entirely new. By means of this esoteric training, we develop from creatures who are being guided by divine spiritual beings into independent partners with these creative beings. On the earth, the human being consists of these four elements, physical body, etheric body, astral body, and I, which are kept in the harmony given to them by higher beings. When our decision to enter into an esoteric training is followed up with a deed, then we begin to work independently on the transformation of these individual bodies. Indeed, this happens through the exercises that are given to us. They gradually work upon the etheric body so that it is loosened from the solid constitution of the physical body. However, this influence is not exerted directly upon the etheric body, but rather upon the astral body, which is affected by our exercises. To begin with, we work on the astral body by means of our regular, daily or weekly, periodically repeated exercises and by pictures that we allow to work upon our souls. In the verses of our meditations, every sound has its significance, every word, every sequence of sounds, every sequence of ideas. They work upon us through regular repetition, accompanied by complete self-forgetfulness. When we awaken in the morning, we sometimes have a quiet memory of the spiritual world, of the world from which strength flows to us through our exercises. And this quiet memory of that world, from which we have drawn strength and in which we were present at the source of strength, belongs among the most beautiful experiences of an esoteric student. If someone has taken leave of a dear person, it is possible that something of this person can flow into the esoteric student's memory of the spiritual world. 
and those who experience something like this should regard it as a special grace. After meditating for a time, we notice that we have changed. Many loveless actions that came from us earlier we no longer commit. We acquire a much finer logic. We feel that we have become better. We are becoming better. However, through the fact that we are placing ourselves outside the usual and customary framework of contemporary consciousness, we lose the support that is given by conventions and traditions. We become freer within ourselves. But just in this way our bad side comes more to the fore. Only now do we notice how bad we are. We really are much worse than we customarily think. For every esoterically striving person, difficult, dreadful times will come. Then it is good to have a support. We find this support in the New Testament. We find their advice for every situation, for every case, a support for every weakness. We need only seek it. And if we do not find it, then the conviction of our own weakness that we cannot yet find the right passage, should comfort us that it must certainly be in the New Testament. Illusions can easily appear along with beginning clairvoyance. We think we are seeing something before us externally, but it is something from within ourselves that is reflected there. It is even worse with sounds that we think we have heard. Beings that want to pull us down deceive meditators in this way. For those who are striving esoterically, it is necessary not only to undertake meditations and to pray, parenthesis, if praying is understood in the best sense, close parenthesis, it is also necessary to watch, to be alert to bad influences that want to intervene when an independent transformation of bodies is undertaken. An esoteric saying against all illusions states, quote, All paths into the spiritual world go through the heart. Close quote. During meditation we can feel how from every point of the external physical body lines go toward a center point. This middle point is the heart. In their further course these lines continue in the opposite direction into the spiritual world. This is like a feeling of Christ within us. This kind of phenomenon is genuine. Every one of our bodily members is related to a sign of the zodiac. Thus forces from the sign of Leo flow down into our heart. Forces from the sun also stream into our heart. So too the spirits of fire work on our heart. All three are often used as symbols for the heart, Leo, the sun, and a flame. Like the heart, every member of the human being has a relationship to forces that stand outside us. We have come forth from and are embedded in the whole world. When we allow this fact properly to live in our souls, then we are understanding this verse in the right way, beginning, quote, in the spirit lay the seed of my body, close quote, 
End of Esoteric Lesson. Esoteric Lesson given in Munich on August 26, 1910. Record A. From Paula Stritzik. Record B. Source of Notes Unknown. Record C. Manuscript from Barbara Wolf. Additional Record. Author Unknown. Record A. With the same intention as last time, we want also today to invoke the spirit of the day. When an esoteric lesson can be held on a Friday, it is to be regarded as special good fortune. The verse for Friday follows, beginning of quote, Great all-encompassing spirit, in your life I live with the earth's life. Close quote. During the night, with the astral body and the eye, we are in divine ether spheres from which we bring down strength for our physical life. For this reason, we should never have banal, everyday, egotistical thoughts immediately upon awakening. We cut ourselves off in this way from the spiritual beings and forces in which we were immersed during sleep. Rather, before we engage in any task of daily life, before we engage in any thoughts of physical existence, we should devote ourselves to our meditations, during which we immerse ourselves in those regions of self-forgetfulness. All meditators should make it their holy obligation to undertake their meditation immediately upon awakening, or, in any case, their first thought should be to think of higher beings with gratitude. An even more sacred obligation, if there can be one, should be for all esoteric students to bear in mind with complete clarity that they do a great injustice not only to themselves, not only to their fellow human beings, but also to higher spiritual beings when they approach meditation with impure thoughts and feelings. They thereby pollute the spiritual spheres. The forces that have to be applied in order to remove this pollution are taken away from the progress of humanity. We can carry out our exercises with good concentration, and yet in doing so, not be holy within. This carrying out of our meditations is only a matter of will, which of course should be consolidated and developed. However, in doing so, our entire inner life should be sanctified so that only lofty, holy content lives in our souls during meditation. Just as we should not go into meditation with impure feelings and thoughts, neither should we go into sleep at night with such thoughts. Also in this way, we bring impurity into the divine spheres when we take with us thoughts of arrogance, of vanity and of pride. We should fall asleep with the thoughts of reverence and gratitude for spiritual beings. For we could not live for a minute longer unless divine spiritual beings maintained our physical and etheric bodies when the astral body and I are outside during sleep. We should fall asleep with reverence for great spiritual beings. Esotericists differ from exotericists through this that God lives in them consciously, 
that they really allow the power of God to become active within them. This does not happen through the ideas that they have of God. They can harm themselves precisely through these ideas when they later enter the spiritual world. For example, they want to find Christ there in the same form they think of Him on earth, and they do not recognize Him beyond that form. Yet He is different from even the highest idea that we can form of Him. Arrogance, pride, vanity. These are characteristics that especially an esotericist should above all set aside. Also those esotericists who imagine that they have already set aside arrogance, pride, and so forth, must know that these traits are always present in a subtle way. The thought alone that one has already set aside these traits, that one has advanced far in one's development, contains a certain vanity that is much worse than the vanity of external life, because it is strengthened and is related to higher spiritual things. We are living now in a special time, an extremely important time. It is the time for preparing for Christ, who will become visible, will appear in the etheric realm. To be blessed by Him, to see Him there, we must prepare ourselves. Those who do not have the good fortune to come across theosophy now will not be able to experience this event. We have come into being through higher spiritual forces, as we have heard throughout these days. We have descended from the divine womb. We have a divine origin. Thus, out of this knowledge, we can place before our souls the Rosicrucian saying, Ex Deo Nasimur, Out of God we are born. But another statement should stand right next to it, one that makes us feel much smaller so that we surrender and lose ourselves. We devote ourselves to Christ. And when this mood properly lives in our soul, then we can add in Christo moremur to ex Deo nasimur. And as a further view of how we can consciously develop the Spirit, the Holy Spirit within us, the Rosicrucian verse gives us the sentence that follows the first two sentences, Per spiritum sanctum revivissimus. In the Holy Spirit we will live again and again. And when we use this Rosicrucian verse as the fundamental mood of our meditations, then we will be taking it into ourselves with complete understanding and with a holy feeling. This is the verse that reads, beginning, quote, In the Spirit lay the seed of my body, close quote. End of record A. Record B. An esotericist should learn to be awake and to pray, to be awake to all deleterious influences that want to intervene when an independent transformation of one's bodies is undertaken, and one prepares oneself to become an independent co-worker with creative spirits. Here many powers and beings approach us that want to tear us away from this undertaking. We easily fall prey to illusions, an occult saying against all illusions, all paths to the spiritual world go through the heart, 
The heart is the center of spiritual movement. The brain is the center of intellectual movement. During meditation, we can feel how from every point of the outer physical body, forces are streaming toward a center. This is the heart. In their further course, these lines continue in the opposite direction, past the border of the skin and into the spiritual world. That is a feeling for Christ in us. At the same time, this is a sign that no illusion is present. From the constellation of the lion, forces flow toward the heart. Forces from the sun also stream toward the heart. The spirits of fire also work upon the heart. All three are often used as symbols for the heart. Lion, sun, flames. Prayer. We unite ourselves in the right way with our heart forces. Waking. Esotericists should be clear that when they approach meditation with impure thoughts and feelings, they are doing a great injustice not only to themselves, not only to their fellow human beings, but also to lofty spiritual beings. They thereby pollute the spiritual spheres. And the forces that must be marshaled in order to remove this impurity are withdrawn from humanity's progress. One can perform one's meditation with relatively strong concentration and yet in doing so be unholy within. This execution of meditation is ultimately a matter of will. Of course, the will should be strengthened. But in doing so, the entire inner life must also be sanctified so that only sacred and lofty content lives in our souls during meditation. And just as one should enter into meditation with pure thoughts and feelings, so should one also enter into sleep. Thoughts of arrogance and vanity pollute the spiritual world during sleep. We should fall asleep with thoughts of reverence and gratitude for spiritual beings. Esotericists differ from exotericists through this, that God lives in them consciously, that they really allow the power of God to become active within them, not just ideas that they have about God. They can harm themselves precisely through these ideas when they later enter the spiritual world. For example, they want to find Christ there in the same form they thought of Him on earth, and therefore they do not recognize the true Christ for he is different from even the highest idea that we can form of him. Arrogance, pride, vanity are characteristics that an esotericist should especially above all set aside. Even when one thinks that one has set them aside, these traits are still present and in an even more subtle way. Even in the thought that one has already set aside these traits, because one has already advanced so far, there lies a certain vanity, which is worse than the vanity of external life, because it is strengthened by the fact that it is related to higher spiritual things. An esotericist must learn to be awake and to pray in the right sense. End of Record B Record C Prayer to the Spirit of Friday This is especially effective, beginning, quote, 
great all-encompassing spirit, in your life I live with the life of the earth. Close quote. After awakening in the morning, we should strive as soon as possible to immerse ourselves again in the spiritual world with our meditations. At night, before going to sleep, we should prepare ourselves for the fact that we are entering the spiritual world, but not with prayers having any kind of egotistical wishes, such as for a blessed end or anything like that. We should bring nothing impure into the etheric world. Of course, through the intensity of our will, we can penetrate into this world even when impure, but then our experience is totally worthless. It is a great advantage to enter into an esoteric life in this present time. This is more beneficial than in any other incarnation. In twenty years, many will experience the Christ event in the etheric, and for this reason we must strive for the greatest seriousness and with the greatest intensity to experience it purely. For many people experience only their own picture of Christ. End of Record C Additional Record Bern, September 10, 1910 Under this date there is a record of an esoteric lesson in Bern, the text of which is of such questionable quality that it is included here only for the sake of completeness. Quote, the essence of memory is this, that we can call up again through the power of our own eye as a picture within what we perceived through the instrument of the physical body, so that we do not need the physical body, but rather out of the ocean of the etheric body we create a picture of what we had previously perceived through the physical body. The picture that is newly awakened to an idea within us is formed from the ocean of the etheric. When we perceive with our external instruments, they are used up. Exhaustion sets in. In order to eliminate this exhaustion, human beings must experience the sleeping state in the night. When they are out there in the cosmos, they draw in divine spiritual forces, and behold how these forces work on the physical body to restore it. There, humans work with the divine spiritual beings who once created them. There, they experience the ex Deo Nasimer. However, the etheric body is left without this restoration. In order to fill it with strength, we must do something else. We must cr- ourselves create something within it. Just as the eye, E-Y-E, has been created through light, and without light would not be an eye, but here we are talking about the physical body, upon which physical sunlight has worked. So there is a spiritual light that creates the spiritual eye, E-Y-E. The spiritual eye is created from this power of light. We must allow this power to work upon us. It creates our spiritual organs. And this power of light also equips us with renewed forces for the etheric body. And we can receive these forces only when we carry out with our souls what lies in the words in Christo Morimer. Again and again we must repeat this anew, conscious of the fact that only in steady and patient repetition, which corresponds to the principle of the etheric body, can we succeed in having the spiritual light experience. 
we die in Christ, whom we find in the depths of our bodily nature, just as we sleep into the cosmos at night. We unite ourselves with Him. It is His strength that strengthens us in the etheric body. His power of light and warmth creates for us the organs with which we are permitted to experience and to perceive Him. Here we experience per spiritum sanctum rebevissimus, the end of the additional record and the end of that esoteric lesson. Esoteric Lesson, Berlin, November 4, 1910 Record A, Notes from Günther Wagner Record B, Anonymous Manuscript, Freda Collection Record C, Manuscript from Camilla Vandry Record D, Notes from the Collection of Elizabeth Freda Record E, Notes from Margareta Morgenstern Record F, Manuscript from Alice Kinkel Record G, Manuscript from Nellie Lichtenberg. Record A, Learning to Walk, to Speak, and to Understand. All who have already heard an esoteric lesson know that what is said here is said not only for me. We want to ask for the aid of the Spirit of the Day. The verse for Friday follows. When we observe life as it unfolds between birth and death, we must consider, from an esoteric standpoint, that it exists so that we can learn during this span of time, learn for our esoteric path. Now, when we survey this physical life, we see that we bring the preconditions, the organs needed for all that we are able to do in life. However, there are three exceptions. These three things we must first learn here in physical life. If an impression of color enters our eyes, then we are able to see it soon after birth. We do not first need to learn it. The ability is simply present. It is the same with hearing and so forth. There are only three things we must learn. That is walking, speaking, and understanding that is, forming concepts. In order to walk, we must first of all, mainly, learn to stand. Before we can do that, we simply fall over. We do not yet have a feeling for balance. We must first learn to feel our way into three-dimensional space. So, too, we must learn to speak and to understand. If we have learned to walk in the first year of life, then we can go on our way. If we have learned to understand, then we can give life to truth. We can bring life through the Word. In our first three years of life, we learn to walk, speak, and think. We find these three years of life symbolically in Christ's three years on earth. Everything that has come to us from Christ, we must find again as a foundation in the first three years of our life. Everything esoteric students need for their esoteric life is given to them in the esoteric lessons. They receive answers to all their questions through what is given them in the meditative exercises. They must only listen properly and apply everything properly. What is given to us as meditation must acquire life. 
Thus the verse, quote, in pure rays of light, close quote, we should allow these lines not only to pass by in thoughts, they also should acquire life in us. We should give ourselves entirely to the content of the meditation and forget everything that is around us in the physical world, our personal interests and so forth. As a reward for the fact that we have given up our physical life, so to speak, that we have sacrificed it for the time of meditation, after the first two lines, quote, in pure rays of light shines the divinity of the world, close quote, a tone will sound forth within us, which will last as long as our karma prescribes. This is a tone that does not sound within us, but rather sounds forth to us from outside of us. Nothing more will be said about this here. One must experience and understand it oneself. And while this sound, this holy word, this unspeakable name sounds forth, the student should take a vow, which can already be taken beforehand, but it must be taken in this moment as well. The vow that the student says to him or herself is this, quote, Every other sound that reaches my ear, if it is not based in the physical world, every other sound aside from this holy word, I will consider to be a work of Araman. Close quote. This is a withdrawal, a turning away from what is around the student, which produces a feeling of cold within the student. A feeling of indifference and apathy takes hold of the student who feels him or herself to be left alone in an incredible frost. The student must bring love to this feeling of frost that is created by pure thought. And when we have heard this sound, we receive with it the direction of, quote, the East, close quote. The sound comes from the East. We can orient ourselves in the Spirit. We no longer fall over like a child that has not yet learned how to stand and walk. We can now stand and walk in the Spirit. And if students allow the third and fourth lines to live within them, quote, in pure love to all beings, raise the godliness of my soul, close quote, then they will feel warmth, radiant, living warmth. Only those experiences that come to them during this feeling of warmth have genuine value as truth. Everything else is the work of Lucifer. And if the students have brought the last three lines, quote, I rest in the divinity of the world. I will find myself in the divinity of the world, close quote. to life within them, then they will grasp the truth. Thus, students have achieved the way in the first two lines, the truth in the last three lines, and then life, spiritual life, flows to them from the middle two lines. Tomorrow we will speak more about this. There is something that students must develop within. Much is said concerning this in outer life, and yet it does not at all find expression. The depths of it are not even recognized or even suspected.
Love of our fellow human beings is spoken of so much, and yet there is nothing corresponding to this feeling in what people think it is in outer life. Esoteric students should begin to say to themselves in all humility, I know nothing about love of humanity. We love people for various reasons, but none of those reasons are the right ones. We should love people because they are human beings. Christ gave us the right example for this. And then a quote, In the spirit lay the seed of my body. Close quote, end of record A. Record B. Let us summarize in a few words the life of human beings from birth to death and review all that human beings must themselves develop during life as well as what they bring with them already developed. There are three things that human beings do not bring with them when they enter the world, things that they must acquire in the course of their lives. Newborn human beings bring organs with them already finished, their eyes, for example, through which they perceive their surroundings, their ears, and so forth. However, the three things that they must develop themselves are walking, speaking, and thinking. Why can we not yet walk when we are born? Because we cannot yet find our balance. We must first seek it and establish ourselves in a relationship to surrounding nature. Then for a long time we sway back and forth, seeking a footing that cannot be found so quickly. As soon as we have found it, we can stand and also find our way alone. The second thing that we must acquire for ourselves is understanding which leads to thinking and through thinking we come to the truth. The third is language, through which we send out into the world our thoughts and feelings, our inner life. If we apply this picture as a symbol to the wonderfully beautiful words that Christ spoke to his disciples out of esoteric wisdom, quote, I am the way, the truth, and the life, close quote, we will find that these words relate to the esoteric development of the human being. When we begin our meditating, it is the same for us as for a child who must first learn to walk. We sway back and forth. We err to the right, then to the left with our thoughts, until we finally have found our footing, the necessary serenity and collectedness that gives us balance which is Christ himself. He wants to be our leader, and we should seek our foundation in him. We should find our inner balance through him so that we can walk in his path. In ancient pre-Christian times, students needed a guru who would helpfully stand by their side during meditation. Since Christ has walked on the earth, He has left his power behind in the atmosphere of the earth so that we can fill ourselves with it when we open ourselves to it. Furthermore, our meditation should become pure thinking so the truth can become life through the words that we send forth to our fellow human beings. Once we have found our way after a longer time of practice without swaying to the right or the left, we will come to an inner experience 
when we immerse ourselves in the first lines of our morning meditation. Quote, in pure rays of light shines the divinity of the world. Close quote. We will feel this experience as something that cannot be expressed in words. A stream of warmth, a, a light from the east, will flow through us, and within us a tone will sound forth that allows us to feel that we are connected with the light of God. When we ascend further in our development, a new experience again approaches us when we meditate the next two lines, quote, In the pure love of all beings, raise the godliness of my soul. Close quote. Now we perceive a name out of the light and sound that comes to us from the east. We are not able to speak this name that thrills the soul and causes us to feel, quote, that is God's name, close quote. At the same time, a stream of indescribable cold will blow through us, combined with a feeling of abandonment and loneliness. This name will flood through our inner being, and we will know that He is this name. This experience will lead us to knowledge of the truth, and we will have arrived at a place where the spiritual world opens to us, where we can know whether what we see is truth or illusion. Everything we think we have heard in terms of sounds, knocking or other phenomena from the physical world before this experience, none of that was the truth. We know that now. It was Araman or Lucifer doing tricks around us with their illusions. For this reason, we should strictly turn away such experiences of sounds and so forth that come to us from the physical world. For we know that we will not be able to experience true spiritual phenomena until we feel the warm stream that pours into our souls from the east, until we have lived through the freezing cold and the feeling of abandonment until we have perceived the tone that causes the name of God to sound forth within us. Let us once more consider the words, quote, in pure love of all things, raise the godliness of my soul, close quote. The Christian Church chose this, quote, practice of pure love, close quote, as its favorite saying. To be sure, this saying is used a lot by Christians. However, seldom are actions guided by it. Furthermore, it is also not easy when we consider all the consequences. Let us consider for a moment what it means to love all human beings, to bestow love without expectation of love in return, without recognition, without demand for reward. For our ideal should be that we love a human being because he or she is a human being. How far must we be in our development in order to be capable of such love? Can we educate ourselves to this selflessness that we love all others as we love ourselves by means of commandments and dogmas of the church or through the coercion of a moral law? Is it not much more fruitful for our souls if we bring this lofty virtue to blossom within us without any coercion whatsoever? In practicing this teaching of Christ, 
a Hindu, a Muslim, a Parsi, a Catholic, a Protestant, a Jew, indeed even a heretic, could be a true Christian without even belonging to the Christian Church. And we also learn in our meditations that within them lies hidden the way that Christ showed us, and that he himself is, quote, I am the way, the truth, and the life, close quote. End of record B. Record C. Esoteric students must learn to regard the course of their lives in the physical world in such a way that they learn during the span of time between birth and death. Learn in order to find their esoteric path so that they do not lose their connection with the world of their origin, the spiritual world. With the exception of three things that we must first learn here in our physical life, when we survey this physical life, we see that there is much we are able to do for which we have already brought the prerequisites, the organs. Soon after birth we are able to see. We do not need to learn that. And so it is with tasting, smelling, and hearing. These capacities are already present, even if we learn only later how to consciously make use of them. However, there are three things that we must learn after birth. They are walking, speaking, and understanding. In the esoteric sense, learning to walk means being able to raise oneself upright through the power of the I, capital, that lives within and is increasingly strengthening itself. It means being able to maintain oneself upright in space with respect to the spiritual forces that permeate one and learning to find one's way through them. Where to? Toward the spiritual east, which students learn of at a certain step in their development. When students have found this path, then it is absolutely quiet and loneliness over against the outer world. They must listen for what sounds toward them from the east. This is an experience that every student has, sooner or later, according to when one's karma allows it. Students hear, sounding forth from the east, the, quote, unspeakable word, close quote, the name of God that speaks itself. This sounds into the calm and loneliness of the student. And in the soul of the student, this word becomes a power in the soul, which is enkindled to awaken in the student, in the depths of soul, something that is asleep. The creative powers of existence awaken in him or her. The second step is, the student learns to speak. In the esoteric sense, speaking is a sounding forth of what was in the soul before as life and now sounds outward. In the midst of these two experiences, parenthesis hearing the name of God from without, from the spiritual east, and speaking within oneself, close parenthesis, exactly in the middle, only in meditation, the student can receive revelations from the spiritual world. This sounding into the soul as a spiritual sound, it is audible to physical ears, and according to a student's karma, it will remain a longer or shorter time. This holy word, this unspeakable name of God, 
cannot be said by the teacher. Every student must take hold of it and experience it for him or herself. And while this sound is sounding forth, students must take a vow, which they could have taken earlier, but must take now. They must say to themselves, Every other sound that reaches my ear, if it is spiritual, that is, not founded in the physical world, I will regard as a work of Araman. When students have had this experience, then descending into their own being, they can feel new life. Then they can know the truth of the spiritual world through their own experience. The real, the true path of an esoteric student proceeds only in this way. Everything else is deceiving illusions from Araman which seek to reach students before they have perceived the spiritual sound and deceiving illusions from Lucifer, which come before students have received the life rising in their souls. But this spiritual sound that students perceive from the spiritual east of their souls, which enkindles a new light, the spiritual sunlight within them, does not work as the external sunlight works when it enkindles light in the outer world and sends warmth streaming through it. The spiritual sound of the sun works in such a way that it creates an icy coldness in the soul of the students. They feel themselves to be lonely, as if entirely separate, hovering entirely alone in empty space that is filled only with thoughts. This must be so, and students must go through it. When they have struggled through this, then they will feel an entirely new inner warmth rising out of the depths of their souls. This is the warmth of Christ's love. And in the midst of cold streaming in from without and warmth rising from within, there revelations from the spiritual world occur. There the students find the truth, only there alone. And they find it when they say to themselves, quote, Everything that I receive, I receive by going through the phases of development spiritually, just as I went through them physically in the first three years of my life as a child. Thus, as a student, I must first learn to raise myself upright inwardly, spiritually, through the strength of my eye. Then I must learn to go to the east, in my soul. Then I must learn to speak, that means to form concepts, in order finally to find the truth. Close quote. Only after Christ had been on the earth and the mystery of Golgotha had taken place, only then could students of the Spirit learn to follow such a path. Only after Christ had set an example by living through these mysteries of soul evolution which are expressed in the words, quote, I am the way, the truth, and the life, close quote. Students must live through the stages of Christ's life by means of their own strength. This verse awakens life, quote, In pure rays of sunlight shines the divinity of the world, close quote. We must learn to devote ourselves entirely to such meditative content in our souls. Then we will see how the content of this esoteric lesson is contained within it. However, 
if it is really to awaken life in our souls, we must forget everything that is present in physical life as our personal interest during the time of our devotion to our meditation. If we are inwardly entirely empty, entirely empty, entirely filled with a sacred mood, then the spiritual light that shines from without shines forth for us. Quote, in pure rays of light shines the divinity of the world. Close quote. And now we allow the third and fourth lines to become active in us. Quote, in pure love of all beings, raise the godliness of my soul. Close quote. We will feel warmth, pure, radiant warmth. Only what comes to us during this feeling of warmth in terms of experiences really has value as truth. Everything else, perhaps a feeling of overwhelming floating in joy, is the work of Lucifer. However, if we have brought these three lines, quote, I rest in the divinity of the world, I will find myself in the divinity of the world, close quote, fully into our conscious life, then, indeed, we will certainly grasp the truth. In this way we have achieved, in quotes, the way in the first two lines and, in quotes, the truth in the last three lines. Life is opened for us in the middle two lines. And this, my dear sisters and brothers, is the most difficult to achieve. How much is spoken in outer life about human love? How little is done? For this is the most difficult of Christ's words to fulfill. Love your neighbor as yourself. Develop pure love of human beings. Those who love a human being because he or she is a human being, only those who do this are in truth Christians, regardless of what creed or which religion they may belong to. Thus in a genuine Rosicrucian training, we learn the path to enter the spiritual world under the guidance of Christ, looking toward Him. We learn how to follow His earthly path independently in our esoteric training. Everything esoteric students need for their esoteric life is given to them in the esoteric lessons. They are given these lessons as an answer to all of their questions, whether expressed or latent in their souls. They must only listen properly and properly apply everything so that it holds sway in their soul-awakening and maintaining life. And they will walk the path of esoteric training in such a way that their inner independence is completely untouched. Such a Rosicrucian path is possible now, only since Christ has dwelt on earth. In earlier times, students had to take every step under the leadership and guidance of a guru. Looking toward Christ with a truly esoteric understanding of His words, as it was given to you today, we learn without any interference in our independence to find the path to the great universal guru, the Christ, while fully maintaining the independent self and while bearing in mind the guiding words, quote, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Quote, wisdom lives in the light, thought. Wisdom shines in the light, feeling. The wisdom of the world shines 
in the light will. End of record C. Record D. There are three essential powers that we must acquire after birth. They are walking, speaking, and understanding. Seen superficially, they are merely the natural result of our growth, but for an esotericist, they have a very profound inner significance. In learning to walk, we learn to find our balance within the three dimensions of the physical world. We are led to the truth through thinking, and speech gives life to the truth. Esoterically speaking, one could say learning to walk is learning to know the way. Thinking is learning to know the truth. Speaking is learning to know life. In this regard, the first three years of life are the most important, for they correspond to what Christ spoke when he said, quote, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Close quote. If we want to understand the words of Christ, or even his parables, we must return to the first three years of the child. These years reflect the last three years of the life of Jesus of Nazareth, when Christ walked on the earth. We must return to our childhood in order to understand what Christ said. In the meditation given to the student beginning, quote, in pure rays of light shines the divinity of the world, close quote, parenthesis which can be continued day after day for years before results are noticed, close parenthesis, according to when our karma allows it, a moment will one day occur during which we are swimming in the light without distinguishing anything specific, entirely filled with serene calmness. Then a sound will be revealed to us in the space that we feel surrounds us on all sides, a sound that is unlike anything that can sound in the outer world. But this sound will fill the space and announce to us the unspeakable name of God. We will know then in that moment that we are hearing the unspeakable name. And with this experience, something highly significant will happen. When we hear this sound, we will know that we have come into contact with something that we will feel spiritually as, in quotes, the East. When students have heard this sound, they vow to themselves that they will regard all other sounds and tones that they can experience as impure compared to this sound. Every other tone or sound that we hear in meditation we must reject and regard as an illusion what Araman wants to impose upon us as the truth. Also, the mysterious knocking that one can sometimes hear is made by Araman and shows the effects that he tries to exert upon us. Those who pay any attention at all to such sounds or knocking and do not exclusively hold on to the sound previously described endanger their entire esoteric training. Something like this can hinder any progress for years. While this sound is ringing within us, we feel ourselves surrounded by light that fills space. And in this light, a second feeling arises within us, a feeling of icy cold. We feel ourselves totally alone 
in this cold light, as if one existed all alone in that space. When the meditator then immerses him or herself in the next lines of the meditation, quote, in pure love to all beings, raise the godliness of my soul, close quote, then the icy cold is transformed into a warmth that streams in from all sides, a warmth that is pure love from spiritual spheres, love that is the true life. Quote, I rest in the divinity of the world, I will find myself in the divinity of the world. In these lines lie hidden the entire mystery of our unity with Christ. In the course of the years we have looked at the Christ event ever more closely as an historical event in the course of humanity's evolution. Here in this meditation we find Christ as our highest leader, our highest guru, who will lead us directly when we turn to Him. In pre-Christian times, human beings needed a guru on the earthly plane. In order to advance, they had to adhere strictly to the guru, to obey Him. Since Christ has been on the earth, He has become the guru for all human beings. In an esoteric sense, everyone can be a Christian, a Hindu, a Muslim, a Catholic, a Protestant, a Jew, as well as a heretic. For it is, quote, Christ in us, close quote, who can be found by all. For the first time we become aware what love is in this warmth streaming toward us. Quote, universal love of humanity, close quote, has become a trivial expression in recent time. People do not even suspect what it is, much less understand it. If esotericists want to catch a reflection of this love, then they must feel themselves encompassed by this warmth and at the same time say to themselves, quote, I know nothing yet of universal love of humanity. I must first begin to learn it. Close quote. The end of Record D. Record E. For a student, nothing further is necessary than to understand what the exercises are all about. There are three things, above all, that are necessary when a human being enters the physical world. He or she must learn to walk, speak, and understand, think. We will take hold of our task here and be able to fulfill it only if we pause to reflect on what Christ taught in the last three years of His life. He taught what was most important to him when he said, quote, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Close quote. The way is connected with walking. The truth is connected with learning to understand. And the life with speaking. Thus, in the spiritual life, on a higher level, we must learn to do what a child learns to do in the first three years. Walk, speak, and understand. When we learn to walk, we are concerned with three directions in space. This is also the case in learning to walk spiritually, in which certain directions must also be balanced. In doing so, our starting point is complete rest, calmness of soul. That is necessary above all. Meditation must also end in such calmness, 
whereby we vow to ourselves that only what sounds forth to us as tone, as the meditation ends, will be recognized as truth. On the other hand, every kind of knocking or other sounds that we hear must be considered illusion until it has become something harmonious. Only sounds from the spiritual world that come to us in serene calmness after meditation are what is designated as the, quote, unspeakable name of God, close quote. When hearing this word after meditation, we realize what is meant by the two lines of the meditation, quote, in pure rays of light shines the divinity of the world, close quote, pointing to the spiritual east, which is intended here. With this knowledge of God, something else appears to us, to which we must pay careful attention. In the following words, quote, In pure love of all beings, raise the godliness of my soul. Close quote. A feeling of minor coldness and loneliness will appear in us. Space becomes empty to us, and thoughts also disappear, until later a feeling of inner warmth appears in us. As a consequence of this experience, a liberation from egotism then appears. However, between the two moments characterized lie the revelations from the spiritual world that are revealed out of the meditations. As reward for our efforts, Christ can be seen for moments. The end of record E. Record F. Quote, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Close quote. I am the way. With this is connected to human beings learning to walk. The truth learning to think, and the life. A human being's learning to speak is connected with the life. Walking makes it possible for us to be oriented in space. Thinking makes it possible for us to grasp the truth. And speaking gives us the inner warmth that belongs with the coldness of thought. Spiritual sound comes from, in quotes, the East, and brings vision. The unspeakable name of God is the revelation from the entire world. The first three years of life of a human being on the physical plane teach the human being to walk, to speak, and to think. The child's first three years of life and Christ's three years of teaching on earth have spiritual connections, but are understandable only by this way of comparison. Do I know what the universal love of humanity is? No, I do not yet know anything about it. The universal love of humanity is loving a human being because he or she is a human being. It is Christ in the man or woman whom one loves, the Christ. He is always present. Only the sound that floods space during meditation, during the influence of pure thought, is effective. But the sound must come to the student from the spiritual world. The student must not listen to anything else. The end of record F. Record G. There are three important things that every human being must learn. Walking, speaking, understanding, which means forming concepts. 
Through walking, we learn the way. Through understanding, we learn to know the truth. Through speaking, the truth acquires life. So we can translate this into the words of Christ Jesus, quote, I am the way, the truth, and the life, close quote. Every human being must change and, quote, become like a child, close quote. That means learning these three things that a child accomplishes in the first three years of life. During meditation, when we are filled with the content of the meditation, after we have previously ordered ourselves to be completely serene and calm, we will perceive a voice in the quiet, and we will know that it comes from, in quotes, the East, from where all things spiritual will come. It will seem to us as if we were set free from the content of the meditation and are floating in the room. We learn how to walk, so to speak, how to orient ourselves in space. All other voices that we think we have heard from the spiritual world lead us astray. They are whisperings from Araman. Then there are moments during meditation when everything appears to us to be cold and austere. We feel ourselves to be completely alone and that we can rely on ourselves alone. These moments must occur, for now, with the words, quote, in pure love to all beings, close quote, we feel how warmth of soul is poured through the body. Between these two, parenthesis, the spiritual light from the east at the beginning, and the feeling of warmth of soul, the life at the conclusion, close parenthesis, is the only time that a revelation from the spiritual worlds, the truth, can flow into us. Only meditation that is permeated by Christ has value. There is an expression that has become trivial out in the world at large, the expression, quote, universal love of humanity, close quote. One could say that only those who admit that they know nothing about it are beginning to understand it in its rudiments. There is only one who has taught it in the truest sense, Christ Jesus himself. The end of that record and the end of that esoteric lesson. Esoteric lesson given in Berlin on November 5, 1910. Record A, notes from Günther Wagner. Record B, notes from the collection of Elisabeth Freda. Record C, source of manuscript unknown. Record D, Manuscript from Nelly Lichtenberg, Record E, Notes from Margareta Morgenstern, Record F, Manuscript from Camilla Wandry, Record A, Noah's Ark. As always, also today, we want to ask the Spirit of the Day for help with our work. Saturday Verse Yesterday already we said that students hear a spiritual sound, a sound from the East. If students now want to say that they know how the Spirit sounds, that they have now heard their first spiritual sound, then they would find themselves in a major fatal error. This tone that a student hears is much more the last word from the physical world. Every tone that could somehow come forth from a larynx incarnated in flesh is not from the spiritual world. 
First of all, the spiritual world is completely colorless, without light, soundless, and so forth. Everything we see in terms of color is not spiritual, but rather comes from within us, and indeed presents us with characteristics that we do not yet have, that we have yet to achieve. For example, when we see a red color, this means that we do not yet have love within us, that we have still to develop it. If we see violet, then that wants to say that we must acquire devoted piety. When we hear tones like earthly sounds, this is nothing spiritual, but rather something that originates within us. If someone has a desire to eat a certain food, for example, if someone begins to eat in a vegetarian manner, but inwardly he still has a longing for meat, even if he is not aware of it, then this craving sounds in tones, in discordant tones. All these tones and sounds are only occult squawking ravens. If a figure from earlier times appears to a student and he or she wants to interpret it immediately, that is all wrong. We must be able to wait with our interpretations. We should not interpret in the present moment, but only later. If such an image appears before the soul, then it will vanish as soon as we approach it with thoughts. However, if it is a genuine picture, it will appear to us again later and remain still in its true shape, and we will know what it signifies. But we must be able to wait, to wait and keep silent. Even as we ourselves should not approach our experiences with our own thoughts, even less should we speak about them. We should regard and treat our entire spiritual life as something holy. With all these experiences of sounds, colors, and so forth, we must say to ourselves that they come not from the Spirit, but rather from within us, from our own I, capital, which is inundated by waves from the sea of our desires and passions, just as Noah's ark was surrounded by waves of the sea. And we must live with the conviction that none of these experiences and phenomena are spiritual. And in saying this very clearly and relentlessly to ourselves, we must surrender the I, surrender the desires of the I for experiences, and let them fly away, as Noah let a dove fly away from the ark, which then never came back. Then later another esoteric experience comes to the student. When we have understood that there is nothing, nothing at all spiritual in those experiences of sound and color, when we have recognized with inner strength that the spiritual world is entirely empty for us, then we recognize that those experiences, nevertheless, have significance for us. The colors come to warn and advise us. They tell us what we do not yet have, what we still have to achieve. From the sounds, we learn that they present us with bodily cravings. And when the pictures that we calmly allowed tell us their significance, then the soul is enriched by such experiences. This is like the second dove set loose, 
which returned with the olive branch, the symbol of peace. However, the soul is not left entirely alone to its own devices on this difficult path of the esotericist. There is something that it can hold on to. The rose cross is something like this. We should let it have an effect on us. We should understand that the black of the cross represents our bodily nature, which is hardened and withered. That we must allow the lower self, which identifies with this bodily nature, to become just as dark and dead as the wood of the cross is dead. Then the higher self, the spiritual I, will work in us, just as the black of the cross is transformed into bright, radiant rays of light. In the same way, the red of the roses will be transformed from the color of the love that works within into green, the color of the life that works outward. When we experience symbols, those that make us happy, that we experience joyfully, are not genuine or originating from the spiritual world. Rather, it is only those symbols with which we experience sorrow. And we must carry them around with us until we have grasped their meaning. The spirit must be born in suffering, out of those symbols. And there is something else that we must understand. That is this. We cannot even be non-egotistical. We are never non-egotistical. Never, never, never. And when we imagine that we have now done something that is entirely selfless, that is an error. We cannot act selflessly at all. It is the karma of the world that causes us to act egotistically. World karma is God. And if we ever get so far that we act nobly and for the good, that is God in us, who is good. When we become less selfish, we will observe, for example, that we no longer feel fear or shock. If next to us a sudden sound occurs, we will no longer shrink back as before. God, who causes us to act nobly and for the good, is our archetype. Our archetype created us to be what we are, and we ourselves must again become an image of our archetype. When we have properly understood all this, then we will understand in the right way the genuine esoteric Rosicrucian saying, quote, ex Deo Nasimer, in, and in the reading here there's just three blank lines, Morimer, Per spiritum sanctum revivissimus. Close quote. What has been left out here is unspeakable for an esotericist. When we begin to speak this one line, then our feeling must go to that which is unspeakable. And only when our feeling returns can we continue to speak. Those who experience this inwardly with the proper feeling will also understand the other esoteric verse properly. Quote, In the spirit lay the seed of my body. Close quote. End of record A. Record B. What was said yesterday concerning the unspeakable word, which is heard in meditation and indicates the direction toward the east, 
we should not think of as something representing a sound having anything in common with human speech. That which we hear as a vowel has articulated sound within it is simply what we ourselves have laid into it. Nothing of all that is seen or heard in the spiritual world, no sound, no color, has anything in common with the things of this world. If we see a red color, then the red color is something that belongs to us, and indeed it represents what we ourselves are not yet. Red in the spiritual world signifies love. Therefore, when we see red, it signifies that we have not yet developed love. While meditating, we are lifting ourselves more or less consciously into the spiritual world as though we were standing on a high mountain and the waves of our passions are pounding around us and toward us, just as Noah's ark floated on the flood. These are the passions that are revealed as sounds, as voices, at the beginning. As esotericists, we are obligated at the beginning of our development to reject all tones, sounds, to regard them as the squawking of ravens. We must begin by regarding everything we see or hear as wrong. So also when, for example, we see individuals whom we know as they were in their previous incarnations. All of this students should pay no attention to and should release in such a way that it does not return. What we see in this way, after a long time, for it can last quite a while before a change occurs, will dissolve and be transformed into something else. What is then newly formed is what is true. If a red color appears, we must understand this is coming forth from ourselves. Only when the red color is dissolved as if in a cloud and then becomes another color is the last color to be seen as significant. This is the dove that returns to the ark with an olive branch. This is a revelation from the spiritual world that has something to tell us. But this too should be understood as a symbol that we should learn to decipher. Again, a long time can pass before one is in a position to do this. Even when a symbol is shown to us, we should not stand still with it, but rather much more direct it away from us. We should consider colors and symbols only when they have already previously appeared to us for a while, so that it is more likely that our personal interest in them has disappeared and we can perhaps find their true significance. We must get used to the idea that we are entirely permeated by self-seeking and that we carry this with us into the spiritual world. We must have the courage and the strength to permeate ourselves with the certainty that on the physical plane we can do nothing, absolutely nothing, without egotism contributing to our actions. We should undertake to vow to ourselves to always bear in mind that all that we do originates from egotistical motives. This could perhaps discourage us. But if one manages to do it for oneself, one will notice that one makes certain progress. For example, fear and shock 
which we feel when suddenly hearing a sound will fall away. Only what we do in the name of another, in the name of the one within us, whom we could call our God, does not proceed from egotism. In order to feel this God within us, we must permeate ourselves with the consciousness that we are a reflection of the archetype, according to which this God created us, and that only slowly and gradually can this reflection be transformed into the archetype. The archetype is our true self, our true I, that was formed as seed in old Saturn. And this is what approaches us when we utter our Rosicrucian verse. The rose cross is the symbol through which the way is shown to us to ascend into the spiritual world. If it is seen as it is in the spiritual world, then the black of the cross is seen as white, the counterpart of the reflection and the red roses are transformed into a shining green color. The Rosicrucian verse is exoteric as long as one speaks it complete. It is esoteric when it is spoken in this way, ex deo nasimur, in morimur, per spiritum sanctum revivissimus. One must feel for oneself What a great difference lives in the soul when doing so. The end of record B. Record C. We are easily prone to misunderstanding if we think that the sound that comes to us from the spiritual east and signifies the name of God proclaims itself in articulated sounds and tones such as we perceive in the physical world. It is an entirely different kind of sound, another kind of tone that has absolutely nothing in common, not even the least similarity to anything in the physical world. For this reason, then, students must be incredibly careful, using their power of discernment, especially with their self-knowledge. It is a fact that when someone begins to perceive colors, forms, sounds, or even words from the spiritual world, These actually come from the spiritual world in the least number of cases. Mostly they come from the physical world. That is, they come from the individual, him or herself, often simply because the individual is inspired by a burning wish to experience something in the spiritual world. Then, phenomena, sounds and so forth appear from our own world. But in a certain way these phenomena are, nevertheless, based on truth, and this must clearly be borne in mind, inasmuch as they take part in our thoughts and in the character of a human being. What is expressed in colors and so forth, therefore, is not as a rule from the spiritual world. Rather, it is often produced by some bodily malaise, or it could also be caused by the following. If we have become vegetarian, but have not yet lost the desire for eating meat, then this desire will torture us on the astral plane where we abide at night. And this malaise makes itself perceptible through sounds or words that we then think we are hearing as sounds from the spiritual world. This is what is known in esotericism as squawking ravens. Or, let us assume that we see a red color, 
The red color signifies spiritual love. It is placed before our eyes spiritually because it is precisely the trait we are lacking. It is placed before our souls as a challenge. Many complain that they cannot hold on to the colors, but this is not necessary. The colors must disappear like a dove, and when they later return, they will appear entirely different. The color red will be transformed before our eyes into green, blue, or yellow. That is the sign that it is based on a spiritual phenomenon and that we are at the stage where we are taught in symbols and a view of the spiritual world is granted us. At the beginning we will not understand the symbols. We must allow them to sink down into our memory and gradually it will become clear to us in our meditations what is supposed to be taught to us and said to us by the symbol. As students develop further, it is granted to them to read in the Akashic Chronicle. However, before they reach this stage, they must have worked on themselves a great deal. Above all, they must recognize that all their actions on earth are based on self-seeking, that even in their ostensibly selfless deeds of love, self-seeking secretly lies hidden. As long as human beings live on earth, they will not be able to entirely overcome self-seeking. The masters of wisdom give us many things for our meditations. One of the most effective of these is the one concerning the rose cross. We are to think of the black cross as the dying away of human passions and see in the red roses a symbol of the purified human being who has shed the lower elements. If we transform the black cross into a white one in our meditation, then this symbolizes for us the human being ascending spiritually. All egotism is then extinguished. The red roses are meditatively transformed into green ones, and devotion to the divine awakens within us. The veil before our eyes is torn away, and we will see into the spiritual world consciously. The end of record C. Record D. Referring to what was said the day before, the doctor said, we should not think that our visions and so forth are correct and of value until we have heard the unspeakable word, which is not a word in human sounds. It is altogether not a tone or vowel sound like any earthly tones or vowel sounds. Everything that might manifest to us like that would come from ourselves. Parenthesis, Lucifer and Araman bring deception. Close parenthesis. And the sounds, for example, sounds of knocking and our interpretation of them, would have to be characterized with the expression squawking of ravens. And talking about those kinds of experiences would also be nothing more than the squawking of ravens. Only when we have perceived the word, in quotes, would we arrive at an understanding of what the expressions, quote, East, wise masters of the East, close quote, signify. If the objection were raised, quote, yes, how do I know that I really have knowledge in colors, for example, close quote, then here the indicator would be that these pictures of color would have to change. So two forms or shapes 
which if they do not change, signify nothing. If we have such pictures, then we should keep quiet about them and try to correctly interpret them. That is like a dove that we send out and that never returns, so to speak. Neither should we become sad or impatient if after we have once had a vision, none occur again for a long, long time. It is necessary to wait, to wait patiently. Example of an interpretation. If we see red, that does not mean love or that we have love, but rather exactly that we do not have it, that we should acquire it. So too with violet, where devoted piety is lacking. If we have found the correct interpretation, then it is like a dove that returns with an olive branch in its beak. The same is true with forms, symbols, and shapes. It is above all important for us to have in our consciousness the insight that we are egotistical and never, never, never should we say, quote, I am doing this or I feel this entirely without egotism, close quote. For egotism belongs to the karma of the world and for the time being we cannot get free of it. But we should acquire the insight that this is the case as a weapon against Araman. Every human being is created from an archetype of him or herself and is only a reflection of this archetype. All that we have been permitted to do in the world in terms of the good, the beautiful and the noble, this we did not do ourselves, but rather we must thank our archetype. When we have developed this knowledge in ourselves, it is like a third dove that climbs higher but constantly returns to us and in this way connects us with our archetype, which is contained in Christ. If this knowledge has fully come to life within us, then we capitulate before Christ and die in Him. Exoterically we speak the words E-D-N, I-C-M, P-S-S-R. Esoterically they are not to be written down. The end of record D. Record E. The word from the East we must take up in the right way. Above all, we must be careful with inspiration to distinguish between truth and deception. Everything that we hear from the spiritual world that is spoken with the character of something spoken by a larynx, that is, appears as a vowel sound, does not in truth originate from the spiritual world. There can be no characteristics of any earthly sound. For this reason, the word, in quotes, from the spiritual world, flows not as human language. Everything with a vowel sound character must disappear. As soon as something is present with the character of a vowel sound, one must say to oneself, this is a temptation to acknowledge voices other than those from the spiritual world and to follow them. But the Spirit never speaks to me with earthly sounds. With time we will experience that the soul is changed by meditation. And what we experience because of this change can be shown to us with a certain sound. But neither should we consider this to be a true inspiration. It is nothing more than the occult squawking of ravens. 
of our wishes and desires reflecting the internal aspects of our physical body. This occult squawking of ravens is overcome when I send the ravens away. Therefore, with the first messages that we receive, we must always say that is only our internal bodily nature that is so reflected. These deceptive images are indeed a danger. Nevertheless, we should not allow ourselves to be discouraged because of them and say, quote, Now I have been at work for five years or more and still haven't experienced anything positive. We must rather continue our attempts again and again until we have arrived at a positive result. Human beings clothe their experiences in the physical world in forms, colors, tones, and so forth. However, the spiritual world does not express itself in colors, forms, and sounds in the physical sense. For this reason, human beings must undergo an inversion, in quotes, of the self, in order to be able to see in higher worlds. And they need inner strength for this. Indeed, we must learn to recognize that to begin with, we ourselves create the colors and forms, imaginative pictures. We must confess this boldly, courageously. The voices we think we hear are usually only an expression of unpleasant moods in the body. This is much more the case with those who eat meat. However, the solid faith must continue to exist in me that sooner or later colors and sounds will appear that are not merely the expression of an unpleasant sensation in my body, but really do originate in the spiritual world. The dove of our own spirit is no longer allowed to return to us when it has once flown away. We must learn to interpret the symbolic language that sounds to us from the spiritual world. Then the dove of our spirit no longer returns empty-handed, but rather with an olive branch. We must try to understand the spiritual experiences in the language of pictures. The first symbols that appear to us should be a summons for us to acquire this capacity. If, for example, the color red, the color of love, appears to me, then I should say to myself in all humility, you don't have it. Violet is the color of devoted piety. It tells us that we should have patience and we should be able to wait. One day when these colors are transformed into their complementary colors, then we can say to ourselves that we have taken a step forward and cleansed ourselves of egotism. The training guides the students and tells them what is important for recognizing symbolically the expression for the first impressions from the spiritual world. Only when we do everything in the name of God are we feeling rightly. Thus human beings must learn to regard themselves as an image, as an archetype of God. The threefold Rosicrucian verse tells us that. The end of record E. Record F. Students should be as distrustful as possible of their esoteric experiences, above all those characterized by a sound. Even when they want to believe that they are experiencing the sound of the unspeakable name of God at a time when they have found the direction toward spiritual east, when they want to believe that it is spiritual truth 
when a sound comes to them that reminds them of a physical sound, they are deluded. For this spiritual sound that they hear is like a last residue from the physical world, and at the same time like a first something from a higher plane, something that comes to one from the other side of the threshold in order to mediate a connection with higher worlds. Having the character of earthly sound signifies something from the physical plane. Vowel sounds sound forth only here, not there. Genuinely spiritual hearing is something entirely different, something that has nothing at all of a characteristically earthly sound. It does not come from a larynx incarnated in flesh. Now, when students are raised up in their, in quotes, ark, on the, in quotes, mountain, they feel themselves encircled by the, quote, waves of the sea, close quote, that is, their own sea, their own astrality, encircled by all that still lives and their drives, lusts, desires, and so forth. They look upon them, they surge around them like waves. They must see through them with understanding. They must know that what is sounding toward them there, or rather what appears to be sounding toward them from the spiritual world, is nothing more than the reflection of their own lusts and desires. To begin with, they experience a reflection of their own lower being. The reflection of their own thoughts is shown to them in colors and in light. Parenthesis, Lucifer is at work in this. Close parenthesis not their higher self. Sounds are reflections of something living in the physical body as a craving that longs for satisfaction. For example, someone who lives as a vegetarian merely because of his or her decision rather than for spiritual reasons that rise up within, who perhaps still has a desire for meat and suppresses it, can experience how this desire sounds like a tone apparently from spiritual worlds. Here, for example, a student can see red and must learn to say, this shows me that I lack something. I still do not have true love in myself. Red, the color of love, summons me to develop warm love for human beings. And if a floating light violet color appears, the student must say, this is merely a sign that I have to develop devoted piety. Or if an event or a personality appears that gives us instruction concerning previous incarnations, this tells us nothing about earlier incarnations, but rather that we are not yet mature enough to look into our earlier incarnations, that is, to look into the Akashic Chronicle. A higher development is required for this. For this reason, one must be as distrustful as possible one is hearing, as is said in occultism, only the squawking of ravens from one's lower self when one is on this mountain, surrounded by the waves of one's own astral sea. Then one gradually learns to distinguish, but one is still exposed to many deceptions. Only when one has learned to say to oneself with complete resolve that all of this is nothing more than the product of one's lower self not really true experiences of the spiritual world, which are nevertheless experienced at first 
as they come toward the student, then one can gradually approach the truth, which can be achieved only by overcoming this phase of esoteric development. Then one sends the ravens away with complete resolve. Sending the ravens away means giving up one's everyday I, capital, that is bound to the world of the senses, and it must be so bound, giving up all one's desire for content that is connected with one's experiences. It means becoming entirely quiet, entirely empty, entirely without wishes within. If we have achieved this, then we understand that those experiences that still come to us from the physical world still have value, but the value is for us alone. Then, for example, colors tell us that they are advisors, warning us, telling us what we do not yet have, what we still have to achieve. And from the sounds we recognize bodily desires. Then we calmly allow these experiences to work in our souls with their true significance. Now, through the inner calm and quiet in the souls, we have come far enough to send out the first dove. It does not return. And that is good. We wait. Then we send out the second. It returns with an olive branch, the symbol of peace. This means having balance within oneself. What is this dove? When the color form is transformed so that its complementary color arises, when, for example, the color red changes and becomes violet, then this violet is really something coming to us from the spiritual world. This is the dove that brings a real message from the spiritual world. Students must experience something like a turning around of their own eye before they can have this experience. And now students themselves must give form and shape to everything that comes to them from the spiritual world. There is something that can give us a support on this difficult path, which is so full of self-denial, the rose cross we should carry in our souls. A recognizing mark of what the spiritual world gives us is that everything that appears as a symbol is not immediately understood by students. They must allow these symbols to work on their souls for days, often for weeks, in silence, filled with self-denial. They must do this with total peace and calm in their souls, without desires, without wishes. Then, at a certain moment, one turns around, so to speak, and suddenly understands what the symbol wanted to say to one. We let it work long enough in the soul as a force, and we are silent and wait. Patience, endurance, silence oneself. The esoteric equipment of a student should be this, that the student's soul lives in trust that it will be given what it needs. In the peaceful calm of the soul, the confidence lives that the student will receive at the right time the right instruction from the teacher. The student must say to him or herself again and again, I will not be able to be a participant in the spiritual world until I have learned to say to myself that I am full of egotism and I cannot be anything else here in the physical world. However, the part of me that lives here in the physical world is only a picture, 
a form, a reflection of my archetype. This form, this picture, is entirely permeated by egotism, and it is the karma of the world that permeates us in our course of evolution through the incarnations. However, the karma of the world is God. God also lives in us. And when we advance to the point where we act for the good and noble, then it is God in us who drives us to it. And the God in us who causes us to act for the good and noble lives in our archetype. I myself am full of egotism, but I am foreordained to become a reflection of my divine archetype. This archetype rested in the bosom of God, and it has descended into this physical form. And this form stands under the power of God, who stands over my destiny, my karma, which is entirely permeated by egotism. Never, never must I say that I am without egotism, for it is never true. Without egotism, I could not even exist on the physical plane. However, when I learn to look up to my God-given archetype, when I allow my thinking, feeling, and willing, all my soul forces entirely to die into this archetype, then I am allowed to hope to overcome the egotism in myself and again approach my archetype. We will also notice that in the same measure that we become less egotistical, we also become stronger physically. We will notice that we no longer feel fear or shock. We will no longer flinch in sudden fright. We will become powerful and strong in our whole human existence. If we rightly understand the genuine, ancient, esoteric Rosicrucian verse, then we say E-D-N. Here the knowing essence of the human being goes to what is unspeakable, the creative word. Then the feeling returns and one can repeat, I blank M. That is, we allow our egotism to die into Christ and resurrect to new forces of life through Christ's power of love. In blank Morimer. Thus one speaks this mantra esoterically and its meaning lights up for us. The God of my destiny releases me through this that I die into Him in blank more and more. The end of that esoteric lesson and the end of this second section of the book up to page 86.